is Express FM. Supported by City of Portsmouth College. We are passionately Pompey. It is a new era at Fratton Park. There's a new man down there in the dugout. What a goal! Oh, a wonderful strike! Pure, unadulterated Pompey. When you come from Portsmouth and live in Portsmouth, you grow up wanting to play for Portsmouth. If I can lead the boys to success and lead the team out, that would be a real dream come true. Action and reaction. Such a massive club. I'm so, so happy to be a part of this, this journey and hopefully get this club to the next level and where it wants to be. Giving Pompey fans a voice. That's what makes this football club so special is the fans. I'm not a Portsmouth fan, but I'm an adopted one now. I love this football club. This is the Football Hour. Fans' interest in this division peaked a long time ago and it's stagnating. We've got to get out of this division and into the championship. Pompey in Pinker brushed aside at Parkside. The Portsmouth women have suffered their first loss of the new season. Hashtag United were the dealers of the defeat in Essex on Sunday, where Jay Sadler felt his side lost the game early doors. We lack belief in that first 45 minutes, especially. I think first 10 minutes, the kind of game plan's gone out the window. A couple of moments haven't gone our way and, and it's affected our mindset. We'll gather the post-match thoughts of the Blues head coach between now and seven, as well as Fleetland's boss Steve Claridge following their 2-0 win over Ash United at the weekend. A good second half 2-0 win, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we weren't great first half, to be fair. So I, I probably got it wrong with the, um, the shape, the way we set up. And of course, we're keen to hear from you back home as well. Coming up on the show tonight, we'll be going over that result for the Pompey women, as well as Saturday's two League One games that hadn't been affected by the international break. England's Euro 2024 qualifying stalemate with Ukraine and what's coming up for the Portsmouth Net men over the next week or so. To get in touch with us, text Express, followed by your name and message to 81400. Email sport at expressfm.com. Drop us a tweet at Express FM, find us over at facebook.com forward slash Pompey Live or go to the new Express FM app and send us either a message or a voice note. Well, a very good evening and thank you for joining us. You're listening to 93.7 Express FM and this is the Football Hour. This is the Football Hour, 93.7 Express FM. Well, good evening and welcome along to this, the latest episode of the Football Hour here on Express FM, supported this season by Stagecoach Across the South. Download their app now from the Apple app or Google Play Store. And while you're at it, download the new Express FM app if you haven't done so already. We're coming up on the way between now and the Soft Rock Show at 7 o'clock this evening. You've got myself, Jake Smith, alongside two more Pompey voices to go over the events of the weekend. No Portsmouth men in action, but still plenty to trawl through tonight. We've just heard there, we're going to hear from the likes of Jay Sadler and Steve Claridge on the show this evening, and we'll also assess what happened in League One on Saturday afternoon. Only two matches were played at the weekend in Pompey's division, so not a lot to go through, but we're going to fill some time between now and 7 o'clock. Trust me on that one. And on the show with us right the way through until 7 this evening, first and foremost, our very own Kevin Stokes from That 80 Show. Kev, welcome back to the Football Hour. Is it a double shift for you tonight? Double shift? I was on the breakfast show with um, Brendan this morning. Oh, there you go. Triple triple shift yeah. then. Triple shift. <laughs> the beauty of radio. Yeah. Yes. Hello, Jake. How are you, mate? Uh, yes, not too bad, thank you. Not too bad. Great to have you on for show number two of the day for yourself tonight, Kev. Thank you for inviting <laughs> me on, yeah. Ian Chiverton <laughs> also joins the panel for this one. Chiv, thanks for calling in, mate. Great to have you back with us. Uh, thanks for having me. 
So, gents, where do we start, um, Kev? I, I guess we really start with the weekend's League One action. Of course, Pompey not involved with that because of what's happened with the international break. Portsmouth have yep. a few players called up um, to their respective nations. Next in action on Saturday this week. Glad to say that Pompey are finally back in action this week against Derby County. We're going to preview that game on Friday night's edition of the show. Um, but still, two games on Saturday, Kev. Exeter City against Leighton Orient, Stevenage and Carlisle United. Uh, both the home sides there with excellent starts to the campaign. Let's start off with um, what are currently the league leaders of League One, Stevenage. They secured a 2-2 draw with Carlisle United. Both, of course, recently promoted from League Two back in the summer. Um, but they are top of the table. Seven games played four wins two draws one of those of course to Pompey and only one defeat within that time frame 14 points Kev did you expect Stevenage to be so high up at the table no no I didn't um that is quite a surprise to all and sundry I would have thought Mm. um but you know good luck to them you can only start off well in this league and uh and that's what we have tried to do and uh they're doing so as well so um yeah it should be, well, it'll be interesting to see how this this early part of the season pans out, really. There's been a, a couple of strange results. I mean, Exeter lost, didn't they? So, in the other game that you're going to talk about. But, um, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, early days. Good luck to Steve and each. Yeah, absolutely. Who's their manager? Uh, Steve Evans. Yeah, Steve Evans. Of course he is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Steve Evans, manager of um, of Stevenage and, and Chiff, we saw it a couple of weeks ago when Pompey travelled to the Lamech Stadium a, a really difficult nil-nil draw between Pompey and Stevenage in that one and you can kind of tell what kind of side they are and I don't think we necessarily are too shocked at this under a Steve Evans side but a very difficult team to break down and a really nitty gritty side as well to really get a hold of any any side really is going to struggle going to Stevenage this season and, and Pompey as we mentioned have already suffered that yeah, those sides are always difficult to play against. And uh, in the lower leagues, you're always going to, League One, League Two, you're always going to face sides like that um, short term. that's Well, you know, it's going to keep them up guaranteed. But, you know, in the long term, will is it enough to mount a promotion push? I'm not sure of that. I'd probably rather we try to play a bit better football than that. But, yeah, they're tough games. They're all tough games in that division. And we've got to find a way to, to win those games if we're going to go up. Absolutely. And uh, as Kev mentioned just a moment ago, Exeter City defeated at the weekend. They've also had a fantastic start to life uh, in League One. Of course, they've been in the division for a couple of seasons now following their promotion from uh, the fourth tier of English football. Currently fourth in the table are the Grecians on 13 points. So only a point behind leader Stevenage. Um, Seven games played, four wins, one draw and two defeats. A goal difference of plus five. Uh, They were defeated by two goals to one at home to Leighton Orient on Saturday afternoon. Leighton Orient now five themselves up to 16th in the table. Pompey, of course, um, still fifth after the international break, so haven't dropped down any places, haven't gained any, of course, have not played uh, any matches. Uh, Kev, really, a, a, away from what happened at the weekend, then with those two results and what they've done to the table, really just pushes Stevenage and Exeter up a division with um, a game in hand or a game played more than everyone else. But Pompey, a fifth after six games played midway through September, a really tough September period as well. And whilst your comment about, you know, Stevenage, you know, it's, it's early doors, do we expect them to be up there at the end of the season? Not necessarily. Could you also play, uh, apply similar logic to Pompey, who have also, of course, had a, a good start to the season, but many maybe a little bit underwhelmed with how they've started? Three draws, three wins in six games. Can you also apply that logic of, well, it's early days, so let's see how things go? 
Well, <laughs> it's a different kettle of fish when it's bumpy, isn't it? Um, I hope it's not, uh, you know, just early doors and that's where we're going to be for September and then we're going to go down. I think we'll be there or thereabouts. I mean, he's had a lot of rebuilding this summer. A um, whole new team, nearly a squad. And, um, you know, that takes its toll on the training pitch. And, um, and it's clear that on the football pitch, there's still areas where, you know, communication is a letdown. The, uh, the gap between the uh, midfield and forwards is, well, forward, I should say, is um, so obvious. And um, we've got a, a, you know, we've got Marlon Pat playing behind the back four sometimes. So, um, you know, there's th things to uh, build on. And uh, we're in fifth, so, you know, let's hope we build on them positively yeah. and progress. And um, look, yeah, <laughs> looking down at the and table. I just want to watch better football. You know, I just, yeah. um, uh, well, I think we all do, but there's still. <laughs> <laughs> and and, and Chiv, is, is, is this sort of discussion we're having about Pompey, six games in, three wins and three draws, is this... Is this potentially us being a little bit too greedy with what we want? Because we are the only side in League One unbeaten. We are 17 league matches unbeaten under John Mussino consecutively, of course, as things stand. And we are fifth at the table with 40 games left. Is, is, are, are we asking too much of this side? Do we need to have that little bit of patience? Or can you perhaps understand why there are fans concerned out there, despite that unbeaten record being in place? <clears throat> patience? This is Pompey, mate. Um, <laughs> Seven no, years ago. <laughs> I've got look, I've got good friends who support other teams. Um, a particularly good mate is an Oxford fan, and like he's just he's just saying like what a brilliant position we're in. And I think when you speak to other fans of teams in the division, you realise that maybe we just overreact a lot of the time, and everything's always magnified hugely by the supporters of that team. I think we've had a solid start to the season. I wasn't the results were okay. I wasn't overly impressed with the football we were playing. I thought we were especially at home, a bit too defensive, um, not enough support for Bishop up top. But, you know, in recent games, especially last home game, maybe we're seeing a, a bit of a turnaround where we're actually trying to play a bit more football and trying to get on the front foot a bit more. And that's going to be key. You know, you, you've got to score goals to to mount a promotion push. And it's key that, especially at home, that we go for games and we don't just sit back. So, yeah, I mean, you can't can't complain about the start to the season. I mean, we like to because probably we just want something to talk about. But you know, <laughs> it's it's fine. It's it's a solid base, and you know, it's something to build on from there. Mm. I'd certainly be kept out of a job, Chib, if uh, things were just fine and dandy. We had nothing to talk about, uh, which is 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 kind of um, re reflected on tonight's show, Kev, with the lack of Pompey over the last sort of just under a fortnight or so. Next, find ourselves in action on Saturday at Derby County with this international break we've had to flip it at the time we've had to um, of course focus on a bit non-league we're going to hear from Steve Claridge later on um, we're also, we've also been very delighted to have more of a heavy focus on the on the Pompey women um, we're going to hear from Jay Sadler in the next part of the show Chiv I'm sure is going to talk us through what happened on Sunday afternoon at Hashtag United but as, as a Blues supporter yourself who got a season ticket at Fratton Park, these international breaks are, are really something you just do not look forward to, do you? Because you, you do miss having that one thing to look forward to the weekend, don't you? Yes, yeah. I mean, Saturday Saturday football is great. And um, I think I mentioned to you before the, about my boy Freddie. He's, he's, he literally got football at the end of last season. So from, from about January onwards, he, he got it. Uh, he's been coming with me um, for about the last eight years on a season ticket. And 
it was all a bit of a bind. But now, oh, Dad, when's the next home game? I know when the next home game is. He's Mr. Stats and he knows everything. <laughs> so it's brilliant. And um, so, yeah, when when there's a Saturday off, you think, oh, bloody hell, that's, uh, that's a shame because we could have had a, a good day out. And uh, But I suppose that's the uh, plus side of having uh, a decent squad when they get selected for international football. Yeah. That means we've... We're picking the right players, I suppose. Absolutely, but, uh, and yeah. and Jiv, we um we, we briefly mentioned it on on Friday's edition of the show, but with only two games out of twelve scheduled on Saturday in League One actually having been played because those respective teams did not have international call-ups, does this beg the question for you that maybe from next season onwards, because we see it progressively get worse every campaign in League One when more games are called off? Do you think maybe from next season the EFL will start to look at maybe just not scheduling matches for the international break for League One, or do you think that you know, given the opportunity, these teams should be allowed to play? Because you, you see it in the Championship and Premier League where games just don't get scheduled for these, these weekends, but we see more and more League One matches called off now. Yeah, I think I don't think they'll make a change. I think if you've if you've got the opportunity to play a Saturday 3 p.m. game, you, you're going to play a Saturday 3 p.m. game on. You don't want to be rescheduling uh, matches to midweek. Uh, if you don't need to, um, obviously, you know, there's a lot of teams in the division who, who have to call their fixtures off due to the amount of players they're missing. But no, if I, if my team were not missing any players, I certainly wouldn't want my fixture moved from Saturday 3pm to midweek, just, just because everybody else is. And uh, on the subject of the international break, then, of course, uh, England were in action um, on Saturday evening. Kev, they took on Ukraine away from home. Of course, that game uh, was played in a neutral location um, in Rocklaw in Poland. Um, England held to a one-all draw by the Ukrainians who went ahead on the 26th minute through Alexander Sinchenko. Carl uh, Walker, just a few moments before the half-time break, levelling things up with his first international goal. Uh, and that's how the game ended. Ukraine won, England won. <sighs> we don't really get the opportunity that often, Kev, to talk about England and our, our national side, but we do tonight. What did you make of that result? Is that one that frustrates you or... Is it just that uh, you know England win all their qualifying games? Usually, it's a blip on the road. What what kind of offence <clears> do you sit on, on with that one? Yeah, we do. I mean, the qualification process is quite a, is quite a, sort of mapped out for us, really, isn't it? We win most of the games, we qualify top of the group, blah blah. blah. But um, yes, yeah, there was a bit of a you know that was a painful watch actually at times. I mean, Harry Kane very isolated, a bit like our own. Colby Bishop at times and having to drop back and what a ball he put through for uh, Carl Walker yeah. to score. But, you know, I'm sure he'd rather be on the end of those sort of balls. And we're missing a couple of key players like Grealish, I suppose, and um, a couple of other characters in at the back and John Stones and and things. So it was, uh, I don't know, it's just sometimes the qualification games are a bit of a bit of a meaningless watch for me <laughs> sorry <laughs> yeah no absolutely absolutely there's not really much excitement about it when you're when you're an england supporter and like you say well, I, was, I, I was saying to a friend uh earlier that when i when i was growing up i mean <clears> i didn't know if we were allowed to qualify for world cups in you know 1974 and 1978 we didn't so i thought well hold on <laughs> is it everybody else apart from us um but now it's become a bit of a procession yeah so um it's just a bit of a yeah. given, isn't it? Qualifying for these major tournaments and then you, you get there and that's where the hype really starts. But Exactly, exactly. Of course, but you've had no tough games in the run-up. No, exactly. But, I mean, this might be a bit of an, an anomaly, Chief, when you look at England's group. Of course, we've just played Ukraine. 
Next up, I believe, Italy or Italy in the group there. One of the next couple of games coming up, Malta as well. Final home game of the uh, of the year for the three lines. But Italy at Wembley next month. The, of course, European champions, as we know too well. Could this be uh, <laughs> one of those years where maybe England don't make it to the tournament just because of one minor mm. blip in the road, a, a draw to Ukraine? What do you reckon on that shift? Could, could, could it be? No, I don't think so. No? I think we're going to qualify. I think I think we've been quite fortunate in um, in recent years. Like I say, um, you know, we we've had campaigns where we've not qualified before, but in recent memory, we've it's been relatively comfortable. Um, but I, I think we're going to qualify. I don't think it'll be a problem. Um, Southgate's got his critics, um, and yeah, it's just it's going to be a tough game. Like Italy, are, you're a good side, but. Yeah, I reckon we do it. I don't reckon there's going to be any problem qualifying. Um, it sounds almost arrogant to say that, doesn't it, with England fans? I mean, we always find a way to mess stuff up, but no, I think we'll be fine. Yeah. And just finally, Kev, before we do move on, when you look at Saturday's team lineup, Gareth Southgate, Chief just mentioned there, he's certainly got his critics. Um, Jordan Henderson starting over some, some potentially young, exciting players as well. Jude Bellingham was brought off in the second half whilst Jordan Henderson was allowed to carry on um, and, and really play before game. What was your opinion on, on that one? Do you think that maybe Southgate's got that one wrong or do you think that's just an example of his style of football and the way that he's been leading this England team over the last however many years or so? Yeah, it, there were a couple of, well, strange selections in the squad. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um having players that can't get in the, their own teams picked for England is, mm. you know, I always find that very, very hard to take. If I was a, you know, if I was a player playing out my skin at the moment and thinking, oh, well, I get the call and then see someone who's never played a match this season. Um, Jordan Henderson, well, he does a job, but um, yeah, it, it, it's, uh, I, I thought he'd have chosen a few more youngsters to see what's what, see what we've got in the, um, you know, we've got very strong, number of players in midfield and stuff like that. But I'm, I'm looking at the forward line and I don't think there's... Who's going to score our goals if Harry Kane's not, apart from mm. Carl Walker, obviously. But, um, <laughs> you know, that's where we're... That's what's going to win us matches. Yeah. Goal score. Certainly when Jordan Henderson, Harry Maguire, as you mentioned there, Kev, starting for, for England and, and Calvin Phillips as well, not really getting too much game time for their respective clubs or Jordan Henderson. Yeah, he was in the squad, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Um, but, Kev, we, we saw earlier this week rumours that potentially the FA want to replace Southgate either before or after the Euros start next year with um, one Pep Guardiola. That would be that'd be something, wouldn't it? Well, I'm sure they want to, but, I mean... <laughs> the game is a story, to. yeah. You know, no disrespect to our, our own Mourinho, but, uh, you know, every team would want Pep Guardiola managing them, yeah. wouldn't they? I, I but, um, <laughs> I've got nothing against Southgate. I think he's done a great job, actually, since he's come in. And, uh, you know... He is what he is. There was, I don't think he's hiding anything that we didn't already know that he was at the beginning of his England career. Um, and he he picks certain players for certain matches, and he may have a couple of favourites, but um, I think he does a good job. Yeah. You know. Well, Kev, thank you very much. Chiv as well. Don't forget, you can have your say tonight too, Blues fans. All you need to do is either text the word Express followed by your name and message to 81400, email sport at expressfm.com, find us on Twitter at expressfm or visit facebook.com forward slash Live. There's also the ExpressFM app from which you can send us a message or if you really fancy getting your voice on the radio, a voice note.
Let us know whether you'd prefer Pompey to have John Bassino as manager or Pep Guardiola. While you do that, we'll be heading into a very quick break here on Express FM. And when we return, we'll start to assess what went down at Parkside on Sunday afternoon. The Pompey women suffered their first defeat of a new season at the hands of Hashtag United. Head coach Jay Sadler will be talking us through his thoughts on the game. Into the second half, I think the changes have helped in terms of changing up the system. We've ended up with five, if not six, attacking players on the pitch. And it just didn't fall for us today in that second half. We've hit the bar on countless occasions. We've had goal line scrambles, the ball in, is the ball not? And, and unfortunately, yeah, we come away with a defeat. We'll get the gaffers low down on what went down at Parkside, as well as more from Kev and Chith when the Football Hour returns. This is the Football Hour, 93.7 Express FM. The world is your oyster. With many bus routes offering services late into the evening, from 7pm every day you can take advantage of a night Rider ticket, taking you from A to B and everywhere in between. Simply purchase your night Rider ticket on the bus or using the Stagecoach app to get unlimited travel anywhere on the whole of the Stagecoach South. So whether you're out with your mates, catching the latest blockbuster, on a late shift or just enjoying late night bus rides, visit stagecoachbus.com for timetable and ticket information. This is the Football Hour 93.7 Express FM. Good evening and welcome back along to the Football Hour here on 93.7 Express FM, driven to you by Stagecoach Across the South, providing free weekend bus travel within the Portsmouth Zone during September. Find more information over at stagecoachbus.com. Com. You join myself, Jake Smith, alongside Kev Stokes and Ian Chiverton on the show this evening. Where so far we've so spoken a little bit about the weekend's action in League One. Not much of it, of course, going on due to the international break and the one-all draw for the three Lions away at Ukraine in their Euro 2024 qualifying group. They next take on, of course, Scotland tomorrow night at Hampden Park, which is a uh, just a friendly, just a friendly. They call it. Kev, is 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 that a friendly? England, Scotland. Can you call it that? No. No. Okay. No. Never been friendly in his life, has it? <laughs> no, not um, at all. <laughs> no, it's, it, it's the 150th year, isn't it, or something? Yes, the um, 150th anniversary. Yeah. Um, I've been to a couple of England-Scotland games, actually. They had um, great atmosphere. I went to that 96 um, Gaza goal one. And um, you were too young, weren't even born, I suppose. But, um, no, not quite. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I went to that one a few years ago, 3-0 win up at... Some November game it was pretty soulless, actually, that one. But, uh, yeah, no, you can't call a England-Scotland game a friendly, can you? And I hope it's a good game, actually. It's, you know, full of passion and uh, we'll be up at hand, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, moving on now, um, then, Chiv, to the Pompey women, who first and foremost have had a, a superb start to their new campaign in, in the FA Women's National League Southern Premier Division after a very, very strong pre-season campaign as well. 7-0 victory over Maidenhead United, 5-0 winners over Fulham. Two-all draw with Bournemouth and a 7-2 win over Cardiff City. They were followed by a two-all draw with Reading and a 7-0 victory over Swansea City at Wesley Park to round off those pre-season tests. Um, the campaign started on August the 20th with a 5-0 victory over Cheltenham Town um, at Wesley Park and then in the National League Cup, an 11-0 win over Ashford Town. Last Sunday, a 9-0 victory over Cardiff City uh, and then yesterday afternoon in Chiverton, Pompey women travelled to Hashtag United and really did bring... Uh, quite a grinding halt to, to what has been so far uh, that phenomenal start to the campaign 
a one nil defeat from an early half goal from from Griffin for the hosts. Tell us, talk, talk us through what happened and why perhaps the Blues or, or the Pinks yesterday weren't quite on it. Yeah, so it's a it's a disappointing result yesterday. I mean, we we started the season absolutely tearing it up, twenty five goals scored, none conceded in three games, and you know that's that was a dream start, but. None of the fans who go home and away every week were getting carried away with that. We know it's a long campaign, and you can any game you can randomly lose, as it as it proved yesterday. Hashtag had a very good start to the season, winning all their games, so it was undefeated versus undefeated. Um, ultimately, what the game boiled down to was the first twenty minutes. Um, I think Pompey are dealing with uh, a different pressure this season. There is expectations on them mounting a title run. Um, and that is a massive expectation and mentality shift for the girls. Um, they've, you know, we bought some quality players in, but, you know, this season we're expected to challenge at the top. And I think in the first 20 minutes, what we did is we sat back and we let hashtag come on to us mm-hmm. um, and they got a goal and they hit the post as well. Um, and then we found off really it was, not until about 25 minutes in that we actually, after the drinks break, when we actually got on the front for ourselves. And uh, from that time onwards, it was, they had a few chances, but it, but it was pretty much one-way traffic mm-hmm. after that. I mean, we've hit the post twice, a double post hit, one post rolled along the line, hit the other post. We've hit the bar from 30 yards, uh, two brilliant saves from their goalkeeper. It, it just wouldn't go in yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, hashtag defended for their lives and managed to hold on. But I, I think it's all down to this mentality shift. The girls have got to get their heads around the fact that we're challenging for the title now, which means we need to go to grounds and impose ourselves onto the opposition and not stand off and let them impose onto us. Cause that's a mistake we made yesterday and it cost us the game. The story of the game at Parkside yesterday, then hashtag United won. Portsmouth nil. Um, the story of the game, as Chiv's just alluded to there, then potentially uh, the fact that Pompey had such a, a slow start to the game, a bit of misfortune uh, towards the end of the match and, and dominating pre- proceedings, particularly in that second half. Moving on to um, Chatham Town on Sunday coming up, then Chiv's the 17th, two o'clock kickoff at the Boreville Stadium. It's another away fixture for Jay Sadler's side. Now, after what was a very promising start to the campaign, defeat yesterday, do you think that, and you mentioned mentality, but do you think a, a defeat will actually, in some respect, give the team that, that bit of a kick to actually show them? But like like you said, they are now a, a side challenging for promotion this season. That that defeat will now spur them on for more? Yeah, I think so. I think that like it was painful. You could see the players were, were pretty down after the game. Um, they know what the aim is this year. Um, you know, the league season, it's only a 12-team division. Um, so... 22 games and as we found out last year we missed out on the title due to three games that we basically should have won and we didn't in september october that cost us the league title last season um and they're going to be aware of that so what you can do is you can have blips you can have the odd game where you where you lose or you draw but you basically have to win roughly four in five to win the division that's a big ask now we've lost we've got to win the next two it's as simple as that Mm. Chatham haven't won yet. Big opportunity to get a win on the board. They've lost three of their first four games. Big opportunity to get straight back at it. 
OK, then. Well, let's hear from the head coach himself now, shall we? Jay Sadler, he's been speaking to Max Watson. Jay, what do you put today's defeat down to? I think we, we lack belief in that, in that first 45 minutes, um, especially. I think first 10 minutes, the kind of game plan's gone out the window. A um, couple of moments haven't gone our way and, and it's affected our mindset. Um, we then allowed um, Hashtag to impose themselves on us um, and we struggled with that. And then I think as soon as we were able to get back to, back to the basics uh, and back to being us, trying to play out through pressure, trying to break lines, trying to get switches and, and isolating their fullbacks 1v1 and playing central combinations. When we did that in that first half, we, we created some good moments. But a low-driven one at the front post with them and it's hit a standing foot. Ava's had a good chance at the, uh, on the penalty spot. And, um, yeah, listen, we, we come in at half-time, we, we asked that question. It was, it was more disappointment of why, why we weren't being us, why, why we played that first half with fear. And into the second half, uh, I think the changes have helped in terms of changing up the system. We've ended up with five, if not six, attacking players on the pitch. And it just didn't fall for us today in that second half. We've hit the bar on countless occasions. We've had goal-line scrambles, the ball in, is the ball not? Um, and, and unfortunately, yeah, we come away with a defeat. What needs to be sort of improved and what can you do as a team to improve that mindset moving forward? I think we, not, we need to stop allowing moments to affect us and, and cloud our judgment and, and cloud our decision making. I think there was a couple of moments early, early on where we could have alleviated the pressure and got the, got the ball into territory, gained a little bit of territory and took a little bit of pressure off our back line and um, it didn't work. And I think as well, I think we... We worry too much about them. Uh, yes, they've got pace. They've got pace across the front three and they can hurt you on transition, but you even need to sit off them as a whole group and, and, and prevent uh, the space in behind. Or what we wanted to do was get pressure on the source, and we didn't. I think we were half and half, and therefore we left ourselves exposed. And I said one ball across to our weak side, we're out of position, and, and they punished. It's a first defeat of the season, but you and the players will, will work to put this behind the group. So what, what are you going to do moving forward? It's difficult because we're coming off the back of three really impressive performances um, and that's obviously raised expectations around us and, and today we weren't able to be at the standards that we wanted to be at and therefore we were punished at this league and you can't take anything away from Hashtag. They've got an effective style and an effective way to impose themselves. They did that and, and they got the points today. For us now it's about going back and, and looking at what makes us us. I spoke to you on Friday and said that my fear, the only team really I fear is ourselves in regards to if we don't impose ourselves and, and don't play the way we know we can be, it'll be a chink in the armour. I said those words and hashtag have, have exposed that chink. So we need to go away and look and go, what was it? How can we put it right and make sure we do that against Cheltenham come Sunday? The post-match thoughts of head coach Jay Sadler speaking to Max Watson after yesterday's 1-0 defeat to hashtag United Chiv. Um, We've spoken, of course, about Pompey's execution in that game and, and, and how it really unfolded um, with a bit of a slow start at Hashtag United. But now looking at the opposition from yesterday's match, Hashtag United, of course, recently promoted into the third tier of women's or of the women's football structure. What did you think of them? Because now, of course, they remain unbeaten. They're up there in the table. Do you think they will be a force that, that Pompey will have to contend with for the title of this campaign? Or, or do you see this as potentially just a good start that... Maybe they'll they'll sliver down a little bit later on. I do believe we did we did have Chiv. He's um he's somewhere. <laughs> can I just ask Jake yeah, while we're missing Chiv? Of course you can. What was, 
what's this deal with hashtag nice? Is this some sort of gimmick or something? Um, they they were f- where, where, where are they based? Yeah, they they were formed as a um, I say formed. They were they were used to be a YouTube sort of sensation, um, a Sunday League type team, um, which yeah. at the time were heated up by some some very popular figures. Um, at, at the time, it was named Spencer FC. Um, they that was headed by Spencer Carmichael Brown. It's a very successful sort of YouTube channel, and and it just slowly developed over time into this really serious entity, Kev, where they went from playing Sunday League in, in front of their cameras and posting it on YouTube for a bit of fun to actually getting serious oh, right. and, and put themselves in, yeah, into the football pyramid. And uh, the men's side currently sit in the uh, Isthmian Premier Division. Where, which and I, where are they in the country? Uh, they're in Essex. Uh, they they well, they play at the Len Salmon Stadium, which is in um, Pitsy, home of Bowers and Pitsy in oh, Essex. Oh, right, OK. Yeah, yeah. so um, that, that's, that's, that's where they're based. So, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's a bizarre one. Kev, and um, for, for most people listening as well, I'm sure much of the potentially younger audience will, will be aware of what hashtag United are and and how they how they really came about. But no, certainly now a, a much more serious sort of side really you know, take seriously, and they play in the yeah. League Premier Division, which is the same uh, league as Bognor Regis Town, of course. We know following them down the years, so that's how yeah, that's yeah. how high they've gotten into now, and they've they've got every intention of getting into the Football League one day, and likewise. Back. You are back. Hello, Chief. Yeah, <laughs> Hello, you're right. We, we just went off a, on a bit of a tangent, Med Chief, in, in regards to Sorry. who hashtag. I did United, hear your question. Uh, perfect. Oh, there you go then. So yeah, uh, about hashtag United Women. Then that really feeds nicely onto what we were just rounding off there with hashtag United as the entity itself. They've got serious ambitions, not just for their men's team to get into the football league. That's their lofty ambitions for the future, but for the women's team as well. They want to be as high as humanly possible. Do you think they will be an entity that Pompey will have to be afraid of this season, or do you think they've just had a bit of a good start that might peter out a little bit later on? Yeah, I think quite possibly. Um, we A few years ago, Crawley Wasp came up, the same as Hashtag have done, and they mounted a title campaign. Um, it's, it's more than possible. I think when you've got the momentum from a title campaign behind you, um, anything's possible. Teams can be very strong coming straight up. You, you see it in the men's game. You see it the same in the women's game. Um, they were impressive yesterday. Um, I'm not quite sure of the... I mean, they're spilling a bit of a rhetoric on social media about them being underdogs and that they're playing in a league full of full-time professional sides, which is incorrect. There's no professional sides in Tier 3, and there's only a couple of semi-pro sides in our league, so that's completely wrong. I don't know why they're spinning that rhetoric. (laughs) But, um, no, they were excellent. Their their players, um, not going to comment on their officials, but their players were were excellent. Like We're speaking to a few of them after the game. They they were brilliant. And, um, yeah, I fully expect them to compete up near the top of the division this season. They... They were very, very good yesterday. Not a fan of hashtag United then, Chiv. <laughs> um, no, it, no, I'm not. A f- no, I met Spencer. So Spencer was there yesterday. Okay, he was there. Yep, one of our fans was taken ill and he was excellent. Okay. He was brilliant. Him and the ticket lady were absolutely brilliant mm-hmm. helping helping our Pompey fan out who fell ill. So nothing against them. Just not too keen on the behaviour of their manager and coach. Um, but we know we're not here to talk about them. But absolutely. no, for their players, full credit to them. They... Mm-hmm. They were excellent yesterday. And we wish, of course, all the best to that supporter who, who was taken ill. Hopefully they're back on the mend again now. Um, 
Moving forwards with the Pompey women, of course, then, Chiv, we mentioned before the interview um, the next league game, which is at, at Chatton Town on Sunday afternoon. It's been today drawn um, in two cup competitions. We'll start, start off with the Hampshire Cup second round. That's been confirmed. The tie away at AFC Bournemouth, which has got a bit of a background when you, you, yeah. <laughs> you revisit back to last season. Uh, First of all, yeah. Chiv, Pompey, the men, were, were knocked out of this competition um, in their sort of respective side of the draw to Bournemouth at the Vitality Stadium. First and foremost, they're not in Hampshire. Yeah, and the women were knocked out in the Hampshire Cup yeah. by Bournemouth as well. So, um, yeah, I mean, that is... So the two teams you don't want to draw are Moneyfields and Bournemouth. Mm-hmm. Moneyfields absolutely love playing Pompey uh, and Bournemouth do as well. And Bournemouth, have, you know, we drew them in pre-season. They always give us a tough game. <laughs> uh, and if anything... They beat us last year in the Hampshire yeah, Cup yeah. semi-final uh, and they've strengthened since then. And they've got a team full of Pompey legends. Gemma Hillier, Shannon Aubrey, Molly mm. Clark, Katie James. You know, players who have hundreds of appearances. Gemma being the only Pompey women pl- women player in the Hall of Fame. So, yeah. you know, their team is full of Pompey, ex-Pompey. It's gonna, those two games are going to be really a real big test for our side, even though we play at a high level that... Yeah. You know, we cannot underestimate them. They've beaten us before. Um, so, yeah, we're going to have to be on it for both those cup yeah. games. And um, we mentioned we have a Hampshire Cup second round tie with AFC Bournemouth. That will take place at Long Lane um, on Sunday, the 19th of November. And I let out a bit of a laugh, Chiff, because we hadn't spoken about the VFA Women's National League Cup. Um, you mentioned the two sides you don't want in those respective tournaments where Bournemouth and Moneyfields were. Well, the draw for that one has been taking place and it mm. is Moneyfields in that one. In the first round of the uh, National League Cup, that's going to take place away from home. Um, at Fairham Town on Sunday, the 1st of October, so just a few weeks' time as well. So, um, yeah, these cup games, you know, we, we speak about it in the men's sort of area, Chiv, the trophy and the, the Carabao Cup, are they a hindrance? Are they um, something to look forward to when, when you're not going quite so well in the league? But for the Pompey women and for, for Jay Sadler's intentions this season to get the team out and into the championship for the next campaign, are these the kind of games you really don't want to come around? Or as a supporter of the Pompey women, you go week in, week out. Do you still look forward to these ones? Regardless of your position. Think, <laughs> yeah, well, when we get teams like Bournemouth and Moneyfields, you, you do get a bit nervy. But um, I think prior to this season, you always look forward to the cup games and the cup campaigns were a big thing. But now we're 100% going for that league title. It is in the back of your mind, do we need this stuff? But... On the plus side, Jay has a big squad. Now a semi-professional, he has a big squad and there's quality players like Ella Humphrey, Tierney Scott. They're not even getting in the squad for a match day league game. Um, those girls are quality players who need minutes. So the cup games might give them an opportunity to stake their claim in the side. So Jay will rotate. He'll ha- he's got to. He simply has to rotate. He can't burn out um, You know some of the senior players. So... Yeah, it's an opportunity to rotate the team, um, give those squad players a, a chance to state their claim for the league games. Um, that's all you got to do, really. You know, we, we pride ourselves in the Hampshire Cup. Yeah. Uh, we'd won it for over a decade straight prior to last season. And Jay's going to be, at, I'll tell you now, Jay <laughs> desperately wants to win that Hampshire Cup again. So there's no way he's going to be taking that competition lightly. 
Uh, Pompey, women's goalkeeper, and of course, captain now Hannah Horton tweeted after the game yesterday a shadow of ourselves today and a result we deserved. We turned to training this week to make sure we put things right on to the next one. Hannah Horton there with her reaction to Sunday's defeat um, on Twitter. Their commiserations also um, to the Pompey under 23s of the de- development side. One will draw with uh, Oxford United, um, unfortunately losing on penalties. Uh, the head coach of that team there, Molly Small, saying proud is an understatement performed very well against a well-drilled Oxford United side um, quoted Molly Small again on Twitter there manager of the Pompey under 23s right then Chiv thank you right we'll be back with Chiv and Kev in just a few moments time but before we get their final thoughts in we've just got to nip off for a very quick break after which we'll also listen to Paul Marsh's latest non-league managerial interview former Blues and current Fleetland manager Steve Claridge has been assessing Saturday's league victory and the expectations for his side this season. The expectations with our budget, you know, should be sort of 15th, 16th. So we have to understand exactly where the club is. The players are better than that. Um, we do have a couple of games in hand as well that, you know, could take us up and around the playoffs. Stay right where you are. The conclusion of the Football Hour is coming up next. This is the Football Hour 93.7. Express FM. Go by bus. Go greener with Stagecoach. Next stop, a cleaner, greener future. Did you know that if we all ditch the car and switch to a bus just once a month for a year, we'd save the UK 2 million tonnes of CO2? Switch to bus, because by switching, you can make a big difference. Get on board a Stagecoach bus for a cleaner, greener future. For more information, go to switchtobus.com. This is the Football Hour 93.7 Express FM. For the final time tonight, welcome back to the Football Hour. My name's Jake Smith and this evening we've got Kev Stokes and Ian Chiverton on the show on which we've so far gone over Saturday's League One action, England's Euro 2024 qualifying stalemate with Ukraine and yesterday's defeat for the Pompey women at Hashtag United, their first loss of the new season. If you've missed any part of tonight's episode, just want to listen back to this or any of uh, the previous editions of the show, you can. Head over to our website, expressfn.com forward slash podcast, visit the Apple or Google podcast apps or download through Spotify. And as ever, we're proud to be sponsored this season by our friends at Stagecoach South, getting you through from Portsmouth, Hampshire, across the South Coast with a minimum of fuss. Let's go through some of the uh, non-league results from the weekend. Then we're really focusing on the Wessex League and the Premier Division. Blackfield and Langley 1, uh, United Services of Portsmouth 1, Christchurch 1, Moneyfields 2. Ferrantown and Portland United had their game postponed. Petersfield Town were 7-0 winners over Limington Town. Sherbourne Town were 1-0 victors over AFC Porchester. In the second round of the League Cup, Ringwood Town were defeated by three goals to one at home to Baffins Milton Rovers. And in the Wessex League Division 1, East Cows Victoria uh, were 3-1 winners over Clanfield. And Fleetlands over in Gosport, 2-0 victors over Ash United. Let's hear now from the manager of Fleetland. Steve Claridge spoke to Express FM's Paul Marsh after his size 2-0 win over Ash United in Division 1 of the Wessex League on Saturday afternoon. It's Paul Marsh here on Express and I'm delighted to say I'm joined by Fleetland's manager Steve Claridge. Steve, a good 2-0 win at the weekend over Ash. A good second half 2-0 win, yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, we weren't great first half to be fair. Um, so I, I probably got it wrong with the... Um, shape the way we set up um, but you know fortunately we're still in the game at half time and 
we changed it around a little bit and um you know in the end we were deserved winners but it was a it was an incredibly poor game first half and and we were we were decent second half so yeah all's well that ends well well, um, speaking of that, I, I wasn't going to mention it, but I will ask. Um, so I worked with Brendan Jewell over at Horndean, and he was yep. playing centre-back, which I thought was quite unusual because I've always known him as a striker. Is that part of the change? Yeah, No, that wasn't part of the change. Brendan's played centre-half now for the last six games um, and done very, very well, I've got to say. I mean, I, I, I um, we had a, a, you know, a lack of numbers, lack of players in that area. Obviously, Harry Shaw had a really bad facial injury that he had to have surgery on, um, and it was needs must. And I thought I looked at Brandon; he's big and he's strong, and um, and going head aboard, he's he's quite clever and neat and tidy on the ball, um, and he's you know he's he's got good physical attributes. So uh, you know, thankfully, it was a bit of a shot in the dark, but it's worked so far because he's done very well. So the two goals were sort of completely different goals, really. An experienced goal from Jamie Rapson following in, obviously, from literally about two or three yards. Yeah. And then, obviously, the young Alfie Liss with a, a very good solo goal. Yes, yeah. I mean, as you can see, um, yeah, the strange thing was Jack, the ball came into Jamie prior to him scoring and he's completely miscontrolled the ball, but it has actually fallen to one of us. And then he's done what you know good strikers do. He's kept... He's kept going, uh, read the situation. The ball's gone to the far post. Obviously, Taylor's headed it back across goal. The keeper's, you know, done all he can really with it. He's stretching, he's palmed it out, and Jamie's the first one to react, which um, you know, which good strikers do, uh, anticipating when that ball's going to drop second phase. And then, obviously, Alfie, um, who I've got to say was outstanding Saturday for us. Um, little one-two in and around the box. And the ball, it's a difficult finish as well because the ball's bounced quite high. He's taken it as it's on the rise. So he's had to get his foot over it and then, you know, the angle's not acute, but it's not it's not you know, it's not a great angle for him to finish. It's got an awful lot to work with and uh he's just a, he's just an excellent player. And excellent players when they get they get in those situations tend to do the right things and he just put it in the bottom corner. So um you know, we we at that stage we were we were pretty comfortable and, and that's the way we finished the game to be fair. How's Alfie getting on? Because obviously he was at Bognor last year, kind of lost his love for football and has, has come back with Fleetlands this year to sort of regain his love for football, really. Well, I think that's exactly what he's doing. I think it's mission accomplished so far. Um, you know, we're, we're, Alfie's got obvious talent. There's no doubt about that. Um, he's a nice lad. Um, but football's just about opinions, isn't it? And, and levels. And, you know, obviously the level that he's playing at now is, is nowhere near the level that he would have been at Bognor. Um, so, I, you know, I, th- I think as you say, you, you've got to, you've got to start somewhere, and you've got to, um, you've got to establish, establish yourself, get your fitness and your sharpness back. He, I know he's enjoying it. Um, you know, we speak very, very regularly. Um, you know, I know that I've got a, a, a decent player on my hands, um, and we want to look after him, and that's, that's exactly what we're doing. Currently sitting eighth in the league. Um, it's been a more positive than a negative start to the season. I know, I think um, Chairman Ian Selstrom sort of said the aim for this season is the playoffs. So, obviously, you're in a good position for that? Uh, the aim is, whether that's achievable, achievable or not, I don't know. I mean, I know the club finished eighth last year, but they're all you know, a long way off the playoffs. Um, and there's some good sides in, in, our, you know, in our league that are playing a they would be paying one player what we're paying the whole team. Right. 
So you've got to get things in perspective here. What are the expectations? The expectations with our budget, um, you know, should be sort of 15th, 16th. So you have to understand exactly where the club is. The players are better than that. Um, we do have a couple of games in hand as well that, you know, could take us up and around the playoffs, which would be nice. Um, there's no doubt that coming in um, as late as I did is difficult because, you know, you're not able to bring the players in. I, I don't know this level and I haven't seen this level before. So that's another thing that, you know, you, you've, you've got to contend with. Um, but, you know, we've, we've managed to um, get one or two. We've got one or two that have come through the reserves that I've, I've liked and have come in and done well. Um, so we're, you know, we're, we're a more professional unit. We're a better, better team than last year. Um, does that mean that we'll bridge the gap um, that was there from, you know, from last year? I, I don't know. I don't. At this stage, I'd say no. We're not. We're not a top five side. With the addition of maybe one, possibly two, then yes, that may well change. The thoughts of Fleetland's boss and, of course, former Pompey manager Steve Claridge after his side were 2-0 victors over Ash United in the league on Saturday afternoon. Kev Stokes, Ian Chiverton with me for the next few minutes or so. Then, uh, Kev, going to bring you back into the conversation and we're going to highlight a bit of a, a strange situation from Saturday afternoon. And very bizarrely, this involves the National League North, so completely away from Pompey. But um, between Scunthorpe United and Buxton. Both teams have had a very good start to the campaign and over at Scunthorpe United's Glanford Park, as it was pretty much all of the day on Saturday, very sunny day, but towards the dying embers of the game, the weather took a bit of a turn and it was horrifically pouring down with rain. Buxton have found themselves in a position to be 2-1 up. There had been six minutes of added time played in the second half out of a 10 that were indicated. Uh, with Buxton 2-1 up, the referee blew the final whistle with four games uh, with four minutes remaining of injury time. Um, and, uh, yeah, the game was abandoned. Not stopped, in, ended. It, it was abandoned. Um, today, a media release has been um, set up by the National League North. Following the abandonment of the fixture between Scunthorpe and Buxton on Saturday due to adverse weather, it has been determined that the fixture will be rescheduled in full. Kev, um, 96 well, minutes that's... on the clock. You're 2-1 up. You've got to travel to now Scunthorpe United on a Tuesday night to play the whole game again. What's that all about? Well, there's a joke in there somewhere, isn't there? Because Buxton, isn't that the home of spring water? Um, <laughs> well, that's a bit ridiculous, isn't it? I thought you, had to play, I thought you could play up to... 75 minutes. 75 minutes and the, and the result stood yeah. or something. I don't yeah. know. Three, three quarters of a game, that was my understanding. If, if the game yeah. has to be abandoned, but because there was that situation yeah. the other week, wasn't there, when we lost the 13th linesman <laughs> of the day, and um, you know there was talk of that being postponed and would, mm. or abandoned, and would the result stand? And yeah. people were checking their phones, but um, I can get 4G in front Park, but um, never can. Uh, yeah, well, that's a strange one. Yeah, isn't it? very bizarre one from the weekend. Um, yeah, I do do feel for Buxton supporters in that one having to travel to Scunthorpe on a Tuesday night is bad enough, but let alone when you've. Essentially, any yeah, yeah. <laughs> any time, yeah. But let alone you've essentially scored a two-one victory, and you've got to go back there to play the whole game in full. I suppose it's a bit more common sense than going there to and play. What was the score? Four minutes. It was two-one to Buxton at the time. Right. They were in a winning position with four minutes to go. Do you go there again and play the four minutes and go home again? I don't know. Do you meet <laughs> at a neutral ground, or do you just call it a two-one victory? 
I don't know, but that's what the National League have decided. That's very, very, very bizarre one. Uh, Pompey are in action sort of this Wednesday. Uh, the Pompey Academy, this fixture that's been billed, uh, will be playing the Royal Artillery Gunners um, at Gosport Boroughs Privet Park this Wednesday. Um, that is for the 125th anniversary of Portsmouth Football Club. That is the 125 anniversary friendly. It has been billed as the Portsmouth Under-18s taken on the Royal Artillery. Tickets are priced at just £5 for adults, with accompanied under-16s going for three. Um, there will be a pre-match Q&A with Pompey's Christian Sadie, Cassini Yangi, Gavin White, John Messino and Greg Miller as well. So something to look forward to on Wednesday if you're at a loose end at Gosport Boroughs Privet Park. Well, it's been a pleasure, as, as always, to have both Kev Stokes and Ian Chiverton on the show with me throughout the course of this evening. Chiv, thank you very much for your time. I really, really appreciate your insight uh, into everything, but of course, uh, including the Pompey women yesterday afternoon as well go well and um, hopefully next Sunday we'll provide a bit of a better result for you brilliant thanks for having me on mate and also a big big thank you to our very own Kev Stokes on later this evening with that 80 show Kev what's coming up thanks Jay thanks for having me on and yeah good luck Ian um, yeah we've got two hours of the best indie alternative post-punk scar and new wave tracks from 9 till 11 we've got the Bunnymen the Waterboys Killing Joke Bad Manners and a quiz connect for connect for you there lovely I look forward to it Kev Stokes Ian Chiverton big big thank you to both of those guys for joining us on the Football Hour tonight well the next instalment of the show takes place this Friday usual time 6 o'clock and we finally have a Pompey men's game to preview Derby County away on Saturday join myself and Connor Mosley for that one at Pride Park all the unmissable action this is Pompey Live. Pompey found their goal-scoring boots again with a 3-1 win over Peterborough United in League One. Kamara shoots and it's in the net! And Rigo Paul has his first Portsmouth goal! A week off for the international break means we're on the road to Derby next. Join us for all of the unmissable action Saturday from 2. Pompey Live on Express FM with Aqua Cars. Absolutely. Saturday afternoon from two o'clock from Pride Park, myself and Connor Mosley will be live on hand to bring you all of the action of match day number seven for Pompey in League One after a fortnight break due to the international break. But of course, before then, you can join myself here on the next instalment of the Football Hour this Friday from six o'clock. I'll be joined alongside Andrew Barnard and at present an unconfirmed second Pompey voice to preview that one and go through the week's news coming out of PO4. Right, coming up this evening here on Express FM though, the Soft Rock Show with Jeff and Aid follows the news at 7. They'll be chatting to the number one record plugger Ron the Crate. There's also new music from Apple uh, Maple Glider, Marshall Potts, She Burns Red and uh, Holiday There classic album cuts from Sensational Alex Harvey Band of 1975 as well. As we've just heard from Kev himself that 80 show will be back from 9 through until 11, which is when Josh Bowness returns with Express Hits right the way through to the early hours of Tuesday morning. Ian James wakes you up with Express Breakfast from 6.30 before Paul Marsh takes you through from 10 through till 1. Liam Howes is covering for Darren Gamblin this week every uh, weekday from 4 through till 6 and tomorrow evening from 6 you can hear the local music show with Josh Robinson. Well Pompey fans thank you very much for coming along to the show tonight. Have a great rest of your evening. Have a fantastic week. Stay safe. Play out Pompey. A good night.